Sweet, 
Bharata Ajire in the courtyard of Bharata Mukunda, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who can offer liberation. Siva Upayika, which is the means of serving. Spriha, desire. He, indeed. Naha, our. Since the human form of life is a sublime position for spiritual realization, all the demigods in heaven speak in this way. How wonderful it is for these human beings to have been born in the land of Bharat Vasha. They must have executed pious sets of austerity in the past, or the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself must have been pleased with them. Otherwise, how could they engage in devotional service in so many ways? We demigods can only aspire to achieve human births in Bharat Vasha to execute devotional service. But these human beings are already engaged there. Report. These facts are further explained in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Adivila, chapter 9, text 41. Bharata Bhumite Hoila Anusya Janmaya Janma Sartaka Kari Kara Para Upaka. One who has taken his birth as a human being. In the land of India, Bharat Vasha should make his life successful and work for the benefit of all other people. There are many facilities in India, Bharat Vasha, for executing devotional service. In Bharat Vasha, all the Acharyas contributed their experience and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu personally appeared to teach the people of Bharat Vasha how to progress in spiritual life and be fixed in devotional service to the Lord. From all points of view, Bharat Vasha is the special land where one can, can very easily understand the process of devotional service and adopt it to make his life successful. If one makes his life successful in devotional service and then preaches devotional service in other parts of the world, people throughout the world will actually benefit. Thank you.
The demigods are praying uh, and in their prayers they are glorifying Bharat Marshall. Vrindavan, they walk around Vrindavan with a stick. Uh, 
Lord Brindavan with a stick. And why is that? Two things, at least two things. What can you think of? No. Two things. Monkeys and, Monkeys and dogs. Yeah. yeah. I remember once I was in, um, I was out on a, on a preparate market and I met a dog. And he started growling at me. You know, <clears throat> I was thinking, whoa, could be in trouble here. <laughs> but fortunately, I didn't have a stick with me either. But, you know, the, the, the demigods are glorifying the residents of uh, Bharat Varsha because uh, um, and what's the next line here? Prashana Esham Sweet Uta Swayam Hari Prasana Esham Sweet Uta Swayam Hari which is they must have executed pious acts of austerity in the past or and this line the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself must have been pleased with them So, you know, really what's happening here is the demigods are praying. You know, if only we could take birth in the land of Barak, where the residents are so fortunate to have received the blessings, right? Personally, by the Lord. Who's pleased upon them? Yare Jamalam Tam Rishubharatajire. they get birth here? How do they get birth in the land of Bharat of Russia? That's what they're asking. How do they get that? What do they do? Huh? And Prabhupada quotes it there. Prabhupada quotes this first because demigods are saying here, we want to, we, we want to, Prabhupada says, the demigods are lining up to take birth in the land of Bharat. Right? So how important is it? They're, they're, they've taken birth in the land of Bharat. They've been given the blessings of the Lord. Uh, and then Bukunda says, Naha. So how do they get this human form of life in this place? Where Bukunda Gives them the opportunity to render devotional service effectively as well. 
Yeah. We demigods can only aspire, right? To get human births in Bharat Basha so that we can also engage in devotional service. But these human beings are already, and the demigods go on to say how, you know, what we're interested in doing is executing sacrifices, judges, and austerities, and uh, vows, giving in charity, and we got, we were given the benefits of taking birth in the heavenly planets. But, Despite that, all we were able to do in the heavenly planets is to enjoy, and in enjoying there, we forget Krishna. Right? We've worked so hard to get the birth in the heavenly planets, but it's so opulent here, it distracts us from our real purpose in life. So, in one sense, what's being described here is you know, the real benefit. The real benefit of austerity, the real benefit of giving in charity, of following vows, etc., is to actually take birth in the land of Bharata. Right? And, and, and we can agree. We can appreciate. I'll just turn this. This could go off. So uh, the demigods who performed austerities and penances to take birth in the planets of the demigods are regretting their positions and they're appreciating the benefits of a human birth which is considered to be not as elevated uh, as that of a demigod. But they're appreciating the benefits of taking birth in Bharatvasha in the land of Bharata and appreciating that in the land of Bharata one gets an opportunity to render devotional service in a human form of life. And, and, and we can appreciate, especially on a day like today, on Janmashtami, we can appreciate how fortunate we are um, even for those who weren't born in Bharat Varsha, but who live nearby, we get we also got the opportunity. Right? And really, Krishna's mercy. Krishna appears in Bharat Varsha in this particular realm of the universe. Right? Bharat Basha. This location 
where the demigods pray, oh, if only we could be so fortunate to take birth here. The Prophet makes a comment that everybody in India is Krishna conscious, naturally Krishna conscious. And he says, even the Muslims in the, in the, in the classes here, even the Muslims, naturally Krishna conscious. You know, today is, is a holiday for everybody in, in India for the worship of uh, Sri Krishna. And everybody will enjoy the, the, the celebrations. It's a, it's a, a you know, just a, a festival that everybody spontaneously celebrates enthusiastically. And, and of course, this is one of the reasons why the demigods praise Bharat, because Krishna himself took birth there. And, and much of the culture, much of the, the environment is just naturally geared to worshipping Krishna. Of course, as I mentioned, in the Kali Yuga, everything gets covered over and everything is turned upside down. So it's hard to appreciate these things sometimes. Uh, I remember in the, uh, I guess it was in the 90s, was it? When a World Cup was being played, cricket, you know, and um, you drive to Calcutta. Oh, sorry, you drive to Mayapur from Calcutta, and you see these huge, big billboards. Uh, huge billboards. And on the billboard is Vicky Ponting. I've seen a big billboard of Vicky Ponting in Australia. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, there is a lot of worship of cricket too. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of confusing elements of the culture. But if you analyse the culture and if you get to know the people and if you associate with the people, uh, the natural attitude, the natural inclination to render service to Krishna, to be a devotee, it's just inherently within the people. Kaliyuga is, you know, attacking in many various ways, covering things just like nowadays if you walk on the Prikram path, the, the Prikram mark in Vrindavan, it's all bricks and concrete and you know uh, you know it's considered auspicious to walk on the Prikram mark in bare feet. When we first went to Vrindavan it was mostly it was just all Sand and and um, and um, dirt paths that you know was not suitable to work on, but now you know it's oof, it's dangerous. And the tractors and the trucks and the, oof, uh, so that way the the, the dam is getting covered. Hard to appreciate the spiritual, the internal, the internal potency.
because of the coverings, the external coverings. Just like it's difficult to appreciate the spirit soul in everybody because it's covered by some external material covering. Right. But the, the external covering is not important. It's what's going on internally, that's what's. And without the spirit soul, what have we got? Dead brown and white bodies and black bodies and different coloured bodies. So the body is not that important. What's important is the spiritual identity, the spiritual spark, the spiritual force that makes everything go. Because without the spiritual force, got nothing. Right? Just dead, dull matter. You know, nobody's attracted to a dead body. It's repulsive. No life. But uh, the real life, the true life of Bharat Vasha is, as is described by the demigods here, the opportunity to render service to Krishna, to, 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 to perform devotional service, to understand who Krishna is. This is self-realization. Self-realization means we understand who we are, we understand what our relationship with the source of everything is, right? Our relationship, you know, our, when we see the workings of the universe, we see there's order, there's structure, there's, there's organization, there's purpose, right? There's purpose. When I was 15, I suppose, um, I was brought up in a relatively pious family and so I was encouraged to, I was educated that God is in charge, that God is in control. But popular culture in, uh, inculcates teaches is something different. God is dead. There's no such thing as God. There, there's no purpose, right? If there's no God, then there's no purpose. There's no source of anything, you know. What, what is the source? The source is a big bang. Impersonal. Right? A big bang. It's like, well, big bang? You know, and the, the probability of that happening is just absurd, right? Just absurd. Well, see, it's, the example is given, you know, um, the probability of having an ordered structured universe is out of a big bang is like getting, you know, one page of Webster's Dictionary, right? One page, let's just have one page rather than a book, right? Out of an explosion in a printing press. <laughs> Right. Let's have an explosion in a printing house, right? Let's just get one page out of that. That's not what happens. When you get an explosion, what do you get? You get a mess. Right? Well, this is the kind of philosophy. You know, there's no God, there's no nothing behind things, there's no purpose. Of course, this is very demoniac. Huh? Very demoniac. Unlike 
undermining the potential of a personality of, of Godhead. But this is why Krishna appears. Krishna appears to teach us you know, what the source of existence is. And this is what we get in the Srimad Bhagavatam. We get a systematic, and this is really what we're hearing here, especially in this fifth canto of Bhagavatam. We're hearing how the universe is structured, how it's ordered, what's its purpose. And we're hearing that from the demigods. But we're hearing this from the most elevated personalities in the creation. They're telling us what the, what the purpose is. What our mission is. Our mission, as illustrated by the demigods, is to take birth in Bharatvarsha. This is the most auspicious birth you can have. You know? But of course, not to take birth in Bharatvarsha, you need, you could, the purpose of taking birth in their heavenly planets is to enjoy, basically. But they're saying that's not the purpose. Because simply trying to enjoy distracts you from the real purpose. This is Maya's job, distract the devotees from their real purpose in life. Which kills the spiritual identity, the spiritual uh, independence, the spiritual individuality, by becoming absorbed in material things, immaterial elements, in immaterial nature, by associating the materials effectively, one's original spiritual identity will be covered, either will be lost, <clears throat> we'll lose the most important, you know, we'll lose our connection with ourselves effectively. So what they're saying is, no, the purpose is and Krishna also appears, you know, the, the, those, who report, those who don't know really anything, they, they have a lot of learning, but they don't really understand the real purpose of existence, to cry or defame or deny the personality of Godhead. Uh, you know, God can't be limited by some form. They'll say, God can't be limited by some form. The Prabhupada says, what are you talking about? God's unlimited. He can have form and he can not have form. But he can do both. You can't say God can't have a form because that means you're limiting him. God must have a form. But if he's going to be a person, he's got to have form. And, and, and of course this is the trick or not the trick but the challenge is how can somebody have a form appear in the material world and yet not be of the material world not be restricted by the material world of course this is the benefit of Bhagavad the benefit of Krishna's pastimes is that Krishna appears in order to demonstrate yes he has form and that if you want to develop a relationship with him, then you have to perform devotional service. You can't know Krishna without rendering some service to him. Right? Without, and that's the benefit of Bharat Vaishya. 
Krishna himself personally appears and performs his pastimes. Not only once, right? not only once, but twice. Right? Well, maybe even more times. Right? Many times in this location. Why Maharaja is so such a pious place? But especially for us, the, the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Right? Because Krishna appeared 5,000 years ago as himself, right? But he also appeared as a devotee 500 years ago to teach us how to be a devotee of Krishna. Right? So Krishna himself, the best teacher, appears as a devotee to teach us how to be a devotee. And that's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we can't underestimate the potency of the land of Bharat. And we can appreciate following in the footsteps of the demigods how fortunate we are to have taken birth in Bharat Russia or just next door. Australia's next door. Europe's next door. You know, we're not, we're not, you know, in one sense, Bharat is a, it's a, a broader concept, but then it's also used to describe India, right? But it's also a broader con- context. And, um, uh, you know, the demigods appreciate this. When the demigods were great, Offering prayers to Krishna, they call the first thing they call him is Satya Brata, right? Who's truthful to his vow. And of course, when Bhumi was suffering as a result of the preponderance of the demons on the planet of the earth at the beginning of Kali, or at the end of the previous yuga, then she went with. Brahma and the other demigods to the to the milk ocean, right? And that the demigods, through the agency of Lord Brahma, were offering prayers to um, Lord Vishnu, right? They would have been offering prayers to Jirudakishaya Vishnu, wasn't it? Yeah. Offering prayers. In consideration of the suffering that Ruby was experiencing because of the demons, this is what this is why the, the you know the material energy or the material even even the planets of Bharata or the, the, the location of Bharata was being stifled and the, the devotees were being persecuted actually right? by the demons. But Krishna promises in the Bhagavad Gita, what is it? Yada Yada Hidaramasya. You very often hear this in India. 
usually by a squeaky voice. Right? <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Masha. You hear it all the time. But again, the piety of the place. Right? The piety of the place. Just incredible. Um, just uh, and that mood, that understanding, that that surrender to Vishnu or that surrender to Krishna, and that connection, just that connection. The Bhagavad Gita was spoken to him. You know, half the people know these verses off by heart. They know it off by heart. Right? I remember staying in Vrindavan. Krishna Balaram guest house. This must have been 1989. Well, it was 1989. We, I attended the VIHE in in Vrindavan, and um, it was the year um, when it, when Chitrupa and I got to. Vrindavan, both our clocks had stopped. Our watches had stopped. Right? And uh, we didn't have an alarm clock. And so we had to tell our time by this, the ringing of the Krishna, you know, Krishna Balaram Mandir. Prabhupada was very particular about the bell being rung on time. And I appreciated that. <laughs> At that time, because, you know, we had our sat machines, you had the, actually the was, she was, yeah, but VIH was not for women, it weren't allowed, or not weren't allowed, but hadn't, there weren't classes for women, or it wasn't co-ed, let's put it that way. And um, she, she, she would spend time with uh, Chagatrini going on Prikrama around Rindavan and others studying, but you had your sat machine, right? And you had to tick everything off. And so, you know, you, you went to Mongolati every day, you greet the DDs, you go to the uh, 7 o'clock RT, everything. Right? But what I noticed was every morning, every morning in the school, over the road from the, uh, the guest house, over the road from the Eastcom property, every morning at 9 o'clock, would be there. There would they would there would be an assembly, and I, I guess the call assembly or part of the assembly was everybody would chant the Gayatri mantra, and they would sing it. They would play it over the loudspeaker. <laughs> so you know this is what you do when you go to school. Of course, it's in the yard, but just. You know the the uh, the piety of you know. I think when we went to school, we used to sing "God Save the Queen" or something. You know, something like that. <laughs> I think that's what it was. We used to every morning in our classrooms there'd be a picture of the Queen, uh, and here they're, they're worshiping. You know the the, Gayatri, the, the Brahman Gayatri mantra. So um, the, the the demigods really appreciate the benefit, the advantages of 
the fact that Krishna took birth in Bharat Varsha and he did so to fulfill his promise that he appears Pavitranaya Sadhana Vinasaya Chatuskritam Dharma Samstapanataya to establish religious principles so that everybody can be liberated, everybody can be released from the, the, the influence of the material energy and everybody can uncover their spiritual identity, you know, who we are, what our relationship with Krishna is. <coughs> this is the purpose of Krishna's purpose, to protect the devotees and establish religious principles. Uh, um, this, is, this is why they value this birth in Bharata and, and you know uh, you're only born as a human being right? you're born as a human being which is um, not that significant I guess in one sense if you look at the the potential of the demigods. So in relationship with the demigods, human being is a pretty, especially in Kali Yuga, a bit of a, a bit of a, um, uh, big squeak, you know, just not very significant. But the demigods make the point that and even Krishna appears here, but Krishna appears here in the form of a human being. Uh, very interesting, Krishna appears in the form of a human being. Not human, not, not a material personality, he appears in his spiritual form, but like the humans. Right? And the human form is, according to the demigods, more advantageous than their life of, you know, interminable longevity, with facilities to enjoy. So, no, better to take birth as a human being, even though it's for such a short period of time, because in such a short period of time, you can understand your real purpose. You can understand who you are, what your relationship is with the, with the source of everything, with the beginning of everything, with the personality of God, with Krishna, and you can perfect your life such that Janma Karma Chame Divyam. If you understand Krishna's identity, Chakva Tehampuna Janma Nayati, you don't have to take birth again in the material world. This is the advantage of the human form of life. And so the demigods want that. And in the place of Bharata where Krishna appeared, to teach, to personally teach, right? and where he, he and his associates have taken birth to benefit others. Ultimately, this is the, you know, the real, and this is the magnanimity of Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya appeared, Krishna himself appeared, the devotees appeared, uh, not under the influence of the material energy, because 
you know, we are under the influence of the material energy. Uh, with a material body, what have you got? Like the other day, last Monday, I had got sick of suffering this pain that I'd had in my back for like two weeks. So I went to the hospital and um, I thought I had something serious. But I told her, I said, oh, they said, what's the pain like? They said, I said, oh, about seven. They said, are you sure? <laughs> so, about five. But in reality, probably about three. You know, a man's pain is much more serious than that everybody else's. <laughs> and then when I discovered nothing serious, you know, just old age, <laughs> worn out, discs in the back and back pain. It's a bit of a shock for me because I, I, I only ever felt young up until now. Uh, you know, sometimes you see old people, they get up and they're kind of like, you know, and they, got it, they suffer that all the time. So what have we got to look forward to? Uh, so there are limitations. There's material limitations. But the advantage is that even though we have to, we have to suffer these things. Yeah, that, that's just that's why Krishna says to teacher. What is it? Shastra Kuntaya Sitoshna Sukatukatahara. We need to tolerate to teach for. The comings and goings of material existence. But take advantage of the fact that even though there's birth, death, old age, and disease for the devotees, the devotees ignore that because the opportunity to connect with one's spiritual identity and to transcend that. You know, the, the bodily limitations are easily transcended when one. Performs relational service. Chant Hare Krishna. It's very simple. Or hear the Bhagavatam. Any process of devotional service makes us eligible to connect and realize our identity and relationship with God or with the Supreme. People don't like calling God, so you call him something else. The Supreme. For the impersonal, actually, Prabhupada says in the Bhagavad for the impersonalist, the Supreme is the, the Brahman, the Supreme Brahman. Right? For the devotees, it's the Supreme Personality of, of, of Godhead. And that's why Krishna appears, to demonstrate uh, the uh, spiritual and the personality of, of Godhead. And to attract these devotees to give people an opportunity to render um, service in such a way so that the spiritual identity, our spiritual identity is uncovered. And in the, in the, in the um, uncovering of the spiritual, the material, it, it, it is it's reduced to insignificance. The, the connection with one's spiritual identity and um, the enthusiasm and um, 
inspiration and the enlightenment that comes from realizing one's spiritual identity uh, uh, eclipse, not eclipse, eclipse, what's the word? That uh, enlightenment. Uh, it destroys the influence of the material energy. You know, most people are fearful of dying, but the devotee is not scared of dying. Because right? he knows I don't die. I'll go to sleep for a little while and then I'll wake up and I'll have, hopefully, take birth in um, um, the. Uh, Royal Women's Hospital in Melbourne in a family of devotees. <laughs> and we, we get an opportunity to perfect our lives uh, again in, in, a, in a human form. Huh? And if that's not the case, that could be your worst option. Best option is you could, be, you could take birth again in that, take birth in that place where Krishna is performing his pastimes. This is what Krishna, Prabhupada explains in the Krishna book, right? And that's the, you know, the benefit, the benefit of understanding or even getting an opportunity to enter into Krishna's pastimes. The importance of Krishna's appearance is for us to get that opportunity to reconnect with the spiritual which completely annihilates the material influence. Chanting Hare Krishna, hearing of the Srimad Bhagavatam, this is all, all manifestations of perfection, which is appreciated by the demigods. So, uh, the demigods appreciated Krishna's such a brata. He always uh, fulfills his vow. And, and especially uh, in this corner of the universe, if you like, Krishna appears. Not only once, but twice. First as Krishna himself, but then Krishna as a devotee of himself, which is quite amazing for us because you know, we're only 500 years only 5,000 years after the appearance of Krishna only 500 years after the appearance of Lord Chaitanya and only 125 years after the appearance of Srila Prabhupada right? um, the, 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 the uh, what is it Prabhupada is the um, Sena Bhakti Bhakta, protected by Lord Chaitanya, right? who really exemplified the um, mood of Krishna's mood, effectively, and who, uh, a resident of Bharat Vasha, who understood the importance. The importance of Krishna's appearance, the importance of Lord Chaitanya's appearance, the purpose for which they appeared. And we see that you know, Prabhupada took Krishna's instructions in the Bhagavad Gita and distributed them all over the world. 
right? took the um, the Srimad Bhagavatam, translated the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is all about Krishna ultimately, and all about devotional service, and spread that all over the world. But then not only that, took the Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is all about, you know, how devotees behave effectively as members of, as followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and spread that all over the world. <coughs> so, um, it, uh, it, it is interesting we can follow in the footsteps of the, the demigods by glorifying Bharat Vasha. But why glorify Bharat Vasha? Because Krishna appeared here. Lord Chaitanya appeared here. Devotional service is practiced here such that in a, in a short period of time, in this lifetime, within a hundred years or less, one can perfect um, the purpose of all existence by reawakening our um, spiritual identity. So we're very, we're very fortunate. We can understand the science of, you know, what to do, what not to do. This is the yama and the niyama of bhakti, if you like. And how to engage in uh, spiritual life and make progress and make real, tangible uh, progress in the association of devotees and um, give it to others. This is really, you know, Krishna says at the end of the Bhagavad Gita, there is no one more dear to me than he who distributes this knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita to the devotees. Well, so that's our business. And of course, you know, on a day like today, we get an opportunity to appreciate the value of devotional service, the value of Krishna's appearance, the value of service, even though we're restricted somewhat. We can still render service wherever we are and still get the benefits. Well, <coughs> we're fortunate because we can come to the temple, but not everybody can come to the temple. But even when I can't come to the temple, I'll just turn on the... Uh, open up my iPad and go to YouTube. You know, now that could be... That can have the most disastrous of consequences. Right? Because YouTube is pretty much the purveyor of everything material in the whole creation, practically speaking. But the real benefit is, is you can open it up and connect to Radha Bolova uh, in the morning if the devotees are bothered to turn it on properly. We stayed down last week, I know, a few times, so I turned it on and it went black. It was black for 36 seconds. Because you can chant Hare Krishna if you can't see you the body, you can still chant Hare Krishna. Uh, so, uh, even virtual devotional service is powerful. Right? 
even you know, we know that story of the Brahmana who was cooking sweet rice in his mind. Uh, the potency of devotional service, even if it's only a meditation, is still accepted by Krishna and still has potency. So we should never underestimate, you know, we've been taught the value of association with the devotees and the value of having a temple, but we can still connect, even if it's virtually, and get the same benefit. In, in actual, in reality, get the same benefit. Okay, I'm going to finish here. Does anybody have any comments or questions? Devatas are glorifying so much about those who take part in Bharatavarsya. Mm. But about those who are born in Bharatavarsya but left Bharatavarsya and settled other places. Um, what about them? What about them? <laughs> are they still glorious? Well, the ones that I associate with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's why Sri Prabhupada is the Senapati Bhakta who's come all over the planet to uh, capture those who escaped. <laughs> they, they left India thinking, yes, let me go to America. Green card is the goal in life. Right. And those who couldn't get a green card, they said, oh, all right, we'll go to Australia <laughs> or Canada, right? Where are the places? UK, I suppose, England. But then they came to Australia, they came to Melbourne looking for material prosperity. They got material prosperity, but they also got what they hadn't bargained for, and that's real spiritual life, for which they're deeply grateful and value, uh, you know, for the opportunities and for the, um, yeah, the other, because, you know, in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, it's explained how the material creation has, was established along with the demigods and sacrifices for the benefit of everybody. And by the performance of sacrifice, you'll prosper. Right? And Prabhupada explains how living in, in material creation is not a bad thing in and of itself. And you can enjoy, but it shouldn't be done without acknowledgement of who's the proprietor. Right? So, you know, the, 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 the devotees have come to Australia thinking, yes, we can make progress or India or uh, America or wherever. But then they met the devotees, right, like Prabhupada's mercy, who's the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, effectively. Right? And so, <clears throat> um, and, and Prabhupada makes the point in that third chapter that, I'm, I'm teaching the third chapter at the moment, that that um, material prosperity is 
normal, you know, it's, it's a natural consequence of the performance of Jogya. Right? Uh, and if one takes the Krishna consciousness, there's, not the, there's no need to worship the demigods, because the whole purpose of the demigods is to serve Krishna anyway. Right? And if we are worshipping the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then naturally the demigods will be satisfied, there will be abundance for everybody. Right? But the consciousness of the devotees is not, you know, my purpose is not just to enjoy. But Prabhupada makes a point that you can enjoy, but without, um, you know, thinking that you're the proprietor or that you're the enjoyer. Ultimately, the enjoyment is done when we accept those things as prashad coming from the Lord, right? And that we then give back. We give back, right? So really, this is. And, 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 and we see this with Srila Prabhupada and, and we see this with all of the devotees actually. They may have come with material motivations but when they've met saintly persons they've adjusted their lives so that the sacrifice is we do everything ultimately for Krishna because we appreciate that everything we have ultimately belongs to him. There's some enjoyment that we can have, but we should dedicate what we've got to the, uh, the, the real proprietor, the real owner, if you like. And in that way, we make spiritual progress. Now, how do we share it? We share it by sharing this knowledge and information. We share the chain of Hare Krishna. Uh, you know, the Islam devotees get criticised. Oh, you become an Islam devotee. All you do is become a bookseller. No? Not a, you're not really engaged in bhajan. No? You're not really engaged in you know, connecting yourself with Krishna. No? But, as Prabhupada explains, this whole distribution of transcendental knowledge, this whole purpose we start behind distributing books, is to give people an opportunity to reawaken their identity with you know, who they are and their relationship with Krishna. It's all about you know, your relationship with Krishna, reminding people, Chief Jogo, wake up, you're sleeping in the lap of a witch called Maya. You know, reconnect with Krishna, chant Hare Krishna. So okay, yes, we are book distributors, we are interested in money. Right? But on Krishna's behalf, it's not a material thing. Right? We have to manage temples. But what are we doing it for? Feed our own bellies? Well, yes, in part, yes. But we feed hell on other people as well. Right? We know we automatically get fed. Right? Or there'll always be a roof over our heads if we're serving Krishna. We'll always get looked after, but that's not why we do it. We have to take care of those things, right? Do you worry about money? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's not your preoccupation. Right? We're devotees. It's part of our service. It's part of your service to look after your family. Right? 
It's part of you and your wife's service to look after your two lovely daughters. That's your service, right? And that's not material, actually. When, when we make people devotees, we're connecting them with Krishna. And this was Prabhupada's move, right? Prabhupada didn't encourage us to become Bhajananandis, go to Vrindavan, and just cultivate our relationship with Krishna, which we can't do anyway. Right? We'll just fall down and we'll sleep and think of sense gratification. The history teaches, history teaches us these things. Huh? <coughs> but preaching and book distribution and managing all of this is meant to give others an opportunity to connect to their spiritual identity and to connect with Krishna. We do it because we met the devotees and in the process of meeting the devotees we met Krishna and Krishna's service such that we don't like to do anything else. You know, we might get in a little bit, a bit of mind and get distracted by things, but that's superficial to actually rendering service. There's no higher taste. Right? So when the devotees that came from India meet the pious people came from India and they got a bit distracted with their um, PhD or M, M whatever MSC MEMG um, Infosys Westpac NAB whatever Right. But they met the devotees and then all of a sudden they they out they became devotees. Right. So that's why Lord Chaitanya this a quotation by Nar uh, by Nar no um, Who wrote that song? Is it no? You know, the song who, who's Vrindavan uh, does, is it? Or starts with an N? Uh, I, I can't remember. But, um, you know, in that prayer, he, says, he, he, he mentions how the Senapati Bhakta will come to capture those who left Bharatvarsha. Those sinful persons. <laughs> the puppy, right? But, you know, the benefit of living in Russia is their devotees. It just doesn't take much to polish them up. Right? They become devotees very quickly. Then what do they do? They fight with each other over who's going to do the service. <laughs> they complain, why won't you let me go to the temple? You took my service away from me. Right? So that's Prabhupada's mercy. Following Lord Chaitanya, he came to attract everybody, even those who escaped and, and, and others as well. 
But you see, the inherent quality of a devotee very quickly comes out in these people. You know? It takes a bit longer polishing the, the other rough diamonds. It, it takes a bit longer. But even they, over time, with a good bit of polishing, come up good too. By the association of the Prabhupada. All of us ultimately by the association of Shiva Prabhupada. Right. And, and this is the thing, you know. Prabhupada's disciples were not Vedic scholars. They weren't Brahmanas, you know, in a in the cultural sense of the term, like we see with pious people in India, right? They weren't any of those things. But they embraced the mood of service effectively. And how you know what were the services that were they were engaged in? What was the first service that Prabhupada got the devotees to do? Chanting. What do you reckon? Chanting, yeah, Harinam. And what was the next one? Book, no, actually before book distribution. Sunday feast. Prashana distribution, in one sense, right? Or bringing people together for satsang. Right? That's what Prabhupada did. Of course, books, Prabhupada was all, you know, he was always working on books. So yes, books did come first. But then, you know, after the Sankirtan, after the Arinam, uh, came the book distribution in earnest. It's like last week, when? We saw 10 sets of overtones last week. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Actually, we sold 4 sets of overtones, right? Yeah. Seven. Seven for the week. And uh, 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 Telechip did 4 of them. Did you? I didn't look at the scores. Yeah, Telechip did 4. So at least it's close to 15. Yeah. Book scores quite healthy. Too scared to ask her what she's doing. <laughs> and do that. But um, yeah. And it's exciting actually, you know, this being a preacher, distributing books, bringing people to Krishna, it's quite exciting. Challenging, but it's really exciting. Because, you know, when you meet people, they really get inspired and enthused. Despite the toughness of their situations. I, 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 I'll tell you a story about book distribution. Uh, I mentioned it to Brian the other day, and he told me, that's a good story. But um, there was um, a young man that got in touch with me. And what, I used to, what we used to do is we used to get printouts from the BBT and the cards. You know, we, we used a... Um, there was a devotee in Sydney who worked for 
Reader's Digest and Time Life and um, who also recommended, I think it was even recommended that we uh, work with Encyclopedia Britannica and find out how they, because they sell, they were selling sets of books, right? Reader's Digest, what's their business? What's Reader's Digest business? Have you heard of Reader's Digest? What's their business? What do they sell? Books. They sell books. Yeah. So time life, what do they do? Sell literature at least, right? Books. So, I forgot what his name was, but he helped the BBT in Australia develop the business required device system, right? With the BTGs. So that when we were out on book distribution, inside the books was an invitation to get a, a free three-month subscription to Back the Goddard magazine, right? And so people would fill that out and send it to the BBT and then they would send them the Back to Goddard. Because in those days, BBT was publicly printing thousands and tens of hundreds of thousands of copies of the Back to Goddard. We had a... Uh, down in Johnson Street in Port Melbourne, we had a warehouse down there where we used to make the best bars. Uh, initially started making candles there, but the back of it we used for storing books. And we had books piled four pallets high, right? And pallets, you know, like four pallets, and then four, this is how many books we had stored in our go down. And more than one pile, and lots of back to goddess. So we used to send out free back to goddess to these people that were sent in. And then in the second, in the second of the the, the, the first one, welcome people, and they you know they got their back to goddess magazine. And the second one invited them to seek information about the Eastern classics. It's a car, right? And the first car that was in any books that we distributed randomly, um, all you had to do was, it, it was a prepaid, you know, post, postage paid. So you, um, you just put your, put your details on it and then post it back to the, the, the BBT. Because um, sometimes people would dob their friends in and, you know, just... But um, that second one, that people would send in for information about the Eastern Classics, about the full set effectively. Um, they would send us those cards, and those cards were better qualified because a person had to put a stamp on it. Previous one was reply paid, but <clears throat> you know, they knew you know, the science is you want to qualify the people. So the first one, anybody could send it in, so you could get some rough contacts, right? But with, a, with one where somebody's asked for information that means they've read two back to God in magazines and they've bothered to put a stamp. They get the, go, go to the effort of buying a stamp and sticking it on and sending it back. Right? So they're pretty good. They're good leads. Right? Then the third back to God in magazine that they got, they were invited to purchase a subscription of the back to God head for a year. They were also good leads. Uh, if somebody 
has read three back of Godheads and they take a subscription for another year, you know, that person's a good candidate for buying said books. Right? So this was a good system. So now I was... And, and what I would do is, when I got those pink cards, I would ring them up. All I did was... Not all I did, but my service was to sell full sets. And in the daytime, because there was a lot going on, I was working in administrations. But at night, I had to pick up a telephone. And I also had a list of people from the PBT. And that was like at six o'clock at night, you'd have to pick up the telephone and you should bring in that first number because you didn't know what was going to happen. You just didn't know. And that was a, it was always a, an obstacle. You had to pick up the phone, dial the first number, and it'd be like, ooh, what's going to happen here? It's like going to have a second number. But usually after an hour or two of doing that, you're in ecstasy because you've got these people that you just preached to. So anyway, there was this young boy in, he would have been about 16 or 17, 18 maybe, and um, he sent in a pink card, and so I rang him up, he was living in a Right, and he was asking me all these questions, you know, just asking me about devotional life, and, you know, he read the moment so I was just effectively preaching to him, and I must have rang him up three or four times. And then, um, and, and you know, had a half an hour, an hour conversation with him. I knew this guy's a, he's a fucked up. I knew, I usually didn't, I didn't like to go to people's houses unless I knew they would go buy a set of books. So I'd collaborate them for quite some time before I, you know, I didn't want to embarrass myself. I remember Governor off the charity, he would just go and try and sell a set of books. He, you know, he'd sell a set of books to somebody on the street. And sometimes it was embarrassing that, at least for me it was embarrassing, but the person didn't want the books and he would just keep, you know, what it was, pissing the arm off him. And I just couldn't do that. Not a, not an aggressive salesperson. Well, not as aggressive as some. <laughs> so anyway, um, but I had this, I had this doubt about this fellow. It was just something that wasn't quite right about him. He was, I knew he was older, but he was a little bit, I could, I could tell he was inexperienced, right? So anyway, I said, um, yeah, I'm just going to be out your way. I said, okay, if I pop in, you know, just like I drive to a tube all the time <laughs> to meet people. <laughs> so anyway, he said, uh, hang on a second, I need to ask my mum. Oh, no. <laughs> Can I ask his mum? And um, so um, he went up, he had a scroll, put the phone down and go on by the telephone. And this is the day before mobile phones existed. Uh, or, you know, mobile phones the size of a brick. <laughs> it was quite a while ago, early 80s or mid 80s. And um, uh, so he came back and he said, no, my mum said you can't come. <laughs> Didn't want to hurry Krishna come along. <laughs> so I had to think quickly. I thought, oh no, you know, this guy's real fucked up. So what am I going to do? And I said, look, tell your mum that I'm just going to come in my civilian clothes. You know, so nobody knows. I figured she didn't want neighbours to know that Hare Krishna's would turn up at her house. Right? 
So to tell you that I like how as a I like how as of old Harry Krishna with from the roads of just come in the cities. So you wouldn't tell this mum, oh, he's not gonna come as a Hare Krishna. Right, he's like, she said, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so whoa. Okay. So anyway, I drove out to a trigger and you know, at the time I was supposed to go and see him, I went to see him. And uh, I think his brother or sister came to the door and I said, I want to speak to um, whatever his name was, and I forgot off so long ago, I've forgotten his name. Um, and uh, they said, sure. And then he came to the door, and then I got a shot because, and, and then I, re- I realized why, you know, he was, what, how he was. And he only had one arm, right? And on his right arm, he had one thumb and a toe. Right. On his, on what was left of his hand. Right. So obviously, had gone through a lot of suffering in his childhood. Right. And as it turned out, his father was a train driver. Right in the yards, and he, for some reason, he'd taken his son to work with him. Right. And they were loose shunting carriages you know, to build a train, right? And a boy had been on one of the carriages and the carriage had taken off and was going too fast. And his son, his dad had told him, jump off, right? But he jumped off and he fell under the carriage. And it took off his, I can't remember whether it was left or right now, and all the fingers off of his other hand. Right? Talk about suffering, right? Got the human form of life, but then he lost the whole world. Facilities to enjoy it was your hands, right? and so they amputated the toe off of his foot and put it where his little finger was. So at least he could pick things up, pick up, he could pick up Pulp's books. <laughs> so anyway, um, um, he purchased the full set of books right? and was on our mailing list for a long time. Might even still be on it. Might even still be on our mailing list. I, I didn't. I haven't kept. Didn't get contact. I probably should have a look. Uh, so that was one of my adventures. So, so the Prabhupada's books. I remember another time. I was eating up a guy. Not eating up a guy. I was tolerating a person who was a sales trainer for Pacific Dunlop, right? And, uh, you know, at one point he said to me, he said, why did you sell me the books? <laughs> I've already given you enough. I've already given you enough indications that I want to buy the books. Why did you just ask me? <laughs> he, was a, yeah, he was a sales, and I was just taking the time, because I wanted, like I said, I didn't want to push people. I want to make sure that they really were interested in buying a set of books. <laughs> he said, you want something that works. Now, another time, you know, Vasudham, I don't know, you may not know Vasudham, Vasudham's a good friend of mine. And um, he, when he came to the temple, I remember ringing him up and talking to him. 
And then when he came to the temple, uh, I showed him the the, uh, the pamphlet, you know, of the Eastern classics, and he just sort of said, "Yeah, I want to buy one of those." He says, "I want those books." So some people don't have to sell it all. They just say, "Yeah, I want them. Give them to me." So anyway, this is our preaching, and this is what connects people. This is what connects people to Krishna, really. So we should have no doubt about, as Prabhupada didn't, right? as Prabhupada didn't, you know, he wasn't worried about whether we were chanting 64 rounds a day or not, you know, that wasn't, he was preaching. And how was he preaching? He was distributing books. And that's not a material activity, that's a purely spiritual activity motivated from the spiritual, what is it? Nikunji, you know, Rati Kelly Sidya, right? Yayali Beer, affection, what's the next word? Yayali Beer, something, affection. Tatrati Daksha Ativala Vasya, very dear, Rabban is very, he's very dear to Krishna. Because he's always assisting in the Eternal pastimes of Radha and Krishna in the in the groves of Vrindavan, right? And what's Radharani's mood? She's bringing the other devotees to Krishna so that they can do some service to Krishna. Right? This is the mood. This is this is the mood. This is the mood of our Gaudiya Sampradaya coming from who wrote that? Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur wrote that, right? And that was Prabhupada's manifestation of that rendering of service to Radha and Krishna in the groves of Vrindavan. In that same mood. Uh, hmm. Okay. Is that okay? Did I answer your question? Did I answer your question, Prajavaj? Uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very funny. I'm not impressed. But yeah. Distributing books, distributing prasadam, distributing the holy name, and doing it systematically in a coordinated way as a community. Right? We're a preaching community. We work together to preach. And that we demonstrate that cooperation and that mission and share it with others. That's you know that's that's how we measure our spiritual advancement actually. Yeah. Huh? But it's been yeah, it's cool. You got my uh, You can give me that mic. He wants to keep it. Give the mic to yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not so loud. But you know, that's that's what we do. You know? And that you see, that's it, and that's a challenge. It's a challenge for the devotees coming from India because, you know, 
being foreigners and Johnny come lately, there's a, a, a apprehend this a, 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 a what, do, what do we call it? There's a um, natural reservedness, right? Natural reservedness. But we see with the devotees who make advancement and become purified, they soon work it, you know, they soon fit in to that mission of Prabhupada's. Which is, you know, take birth in Bharat Vacha, but then take advantage of it and give it to others. Give it to others. In practical ways. You want to make a comment, Gopa? Mamaha? No? What about you? No? Okay, congratulations, Bhagavatam, Kiri Jai, Krishna Janmashtami, Mahasaya, Kiri Jai, 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 Kiri